0: Romans 4, please, go to Romans 4 again, and Galatians chapter 3, Romans 4, Galatians 3. We saw in verse 1 of Romans 4, it said, what shall we say then that Abraham our father has found? Verse 11 says that he might be the father of all them that believe. Who's the father of those who walk by faith? Father of the faith movement, if you will. As we said earlier, you might think of Brother Hagin, and I do think he has a prominent place in this, but you've got to go back further. Well, is it E.W. Kenyon? Well, is it John G. Lake? Well, no, you've got to go back further. Martin Luther, the just shall live by faith, no, no, you've got to go way on back. Who's the father of the the, the believers? The father of people who live and walk by faith? Abraham. Abraham. Verse 12 said, He's not just the father of circumcision, but also those who walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. So it tells us that Abraham's walk of faith was progressive. Steps. Not flying leaps. But what steps 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 Steps. when you walk and live by faith you take steps and each step is progressive in growth toward the next step enabling you to take the next step and in verse 16 he says uh, that um, it's of faith that it might be by grace to end the promise might be sure to all the seed not to that only which is of the law but to that also which is of the faith. Of Abraham who is the father of us all. Do you acknowledge Abraham is your father in the faith? And Galatians 3 talks about this again. Says uh, verse 7. Galatians 3, 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith. The same are the children of Abraham. Verse 9. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So you have faith like Abraham. That was a good place to say amen. Yes, yes, I do. You have faith like Abraham and you are blessed like Abraham. That's good right there. Just, Just that puts you in a high place. Said out loud, I have faith. I have faith. Like Abraham. Like Abraham and I am blessed. I am blessed. Like Abraham. Like Abraham. Hallelujah. You know, every every father, every source produces after its own kind, and you are the seed of Abraham. Well, it's not a different kind of faith and blessing, it's from the source. Right? And verse 29 says, "And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs yes. according to the promise, the promise God gave him belongs to you too. Yes. you and I are heir of the promise we have the same faith, we have the same blessing and we have the same promise and the same inheritance. Yes. Somebody say, glory to God glory is it that- that's shouting exciting stuff. Isaiah 51, 1 and 2 that we've read all this week also. Isaiah 51, 1, he said, Hearken to me, you that follow after righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock which you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit which you are digged. Look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bare you, for I called him alone and blessed him, and increased him. He said, look to the rock that you were hewn or cut from, and look to the hole or pit. These are mining terms. Look to the vein, look to the shaft of the mine where you came out of. You ever heard the phrase, cut from the same cloth? Well, that's what he's talking about. Only we're not just cut from cloth. We're cut from rock. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and we're cut from the same rock as Abraham. And we're hewn and cut out of the same faith vein as our father Abraham. And the reason why this terminology is used. Because to God, faith is far more precious than gold or diamonds. He didn't say without diamonds, it's impossible to please him. (laughs) Or without a billion dollars. Or without gold. The one who creates planets, stars, solar systems, knows what's valuable. And to him, above all these things, faith is precious to our God. He esteems it. He treasures it. He values it so much so that you cannot, I cannot, we cannot please him in anything we do unless we do it in faith. So we ought to be, have faith on the brain in the morning at lunchtime. When the sun goes, we ought to be thinking faith, 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 faith. Because elsewise, if we're not doing in faith, it's not pleasing to God no matter what you're doing. But you are a faith child of a faith father Amen. cut out of the same rock. Yes, yes, you, are. yes you are. Yes, you are. You're a believer. Yes. Yeah. You're a faith talker yeah. and a faith walker. Yeah. You're a faith receiver, yeah. a faith believer. Yeah. You're a faith overcomer. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to God. Just like. Father Abraham. Hallelujah. Go with me over to Genesis. And let's continue now. If you haven't been with us this week. We've covered a lot of ground. And we we began in Genesis 12. And saw where God told Abraham to leave his country. And leave his home people. And the Bible said, and Abraham departed. Just like the Lord told him. And we see the beginning of the faith journey. This is one of the first steps that he took. And God already had in mind all the way down to the end of the path, end of his life. But he had to take this step first so he could take the next, so he could take the next. And we saw how that after having left, and you know a whole lot of people Uh, Never get any further than that. God tells them to leave something and go to something, and they just never do. That's the truth. That's reality. Why is Abraham so special? Why is he held up as this example? Why is he called the friend of God? Because he believed God the Bible said, and it was imputed and counted and reckoned to him for righteousness. And you see that faith, James's faith without works is dead. You see that faith demonstrated over and over again. Abraham would do anything God told him to do. And he would do it exactly like he told him to do it, and he would do it immediately. Haven't we seen that? If you read that, read that 12th chapter, 13, 14, 15, 16, all the way through, 22 and 25. And you'll see every time God told him to do something, he didn't talk about it. He didn't debate about it. He didn't ask other people what they thought about it. He didn't put it off three days. Every time God told Abraham to do something, he did it. This is exceedingly rare in the earth. It's why Abraham is so special. I know most church people like to come to church and sit up and act like that we're all obeying God fully, but it's just not reality. The truth is God has had a tremendous challenge getting people, his own people, to do what he says to do. How many people do you think the Lord has told, leave here and go there? And that was 20 years ago. And it hasn't happened. And they got no plans for it to happen. Give this, and it never happens. Make yourself available for this. Get involved in this. Help them with this. And people want to talk about it. And they want to pray about it. And they kind of maybe half start at it, and then it's not convenient. And so they stop, and on and on and on, and a thousand and ten thousand reasons why. But it all comes back to the same thing, not doing what he told you to do. And that's when the confusion comes in. That's why 20 years and 30 years and 40 years later, people feel like I'm not in my place. I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I don't feel like I'm fruitful What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? And you see people just bounce around from one place to this place and move around from this church to this part of the country and and from marriage to marriage and relationship to relationship because people have the confusing idea that you can serve God any way you choose to. Anywhere you choose to, any way you choose to, with anybody you choose to, and it just simply is not true. I said, it's not true. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. It'll go well with you. You'll be blessed. If you won't, the way of the transgressor is hard. It's hard. It's tough. And it's not because God chose that for you, it's just because many, many, many won't hear, won't hearken, won't do. Why is Abraham so special? When God told him something, he did it and he did it right now. Can you see this? Have you read this enough to see that this is true? You see it over and over again. How about you? What kind of person are you? That's too weak. What kind of person are you? I mean, you you hear and don't do. You put it off for 10 years. Are you cut from the same rock. You cut out of the same rock. What does that mean? Just like Abraham. He tells you to do it. Here we go. Is that right? Here we go. Now you're going to have to overcome fears. You're going to have to overcome feelings to do that. But that is the life of faith. That is the walk of faith. Now, we got to chapter 15 last night. Let's go further. In chapter 16, Sarah said it might be I could get a child through Hagar. And all of that developed. And then later in the chapter, in chapter 17, God spoke to Abram. He let him know that a seed was going to come through Sarah. Sarah. 18, we we talked about how that the Lord and the angels came and how Abraham responded and was so hospitable and showed respect and we saw how that faith, which is trust, gives access and that the more God can trust you, the more he will trust you with And that the Lord increasingly took Abraham into his confidence. He began to share things with him. And then at one point when he cut covenant with him, he took him through the next 500 years and told him what was going to be happening. And then now in this chapter, he says, shall I hide from Abraham? What's about to happen? And he tells him about what's about to happen with Sodom and Gomorrah. And and gives Abraham the opportunity to intercede with him about it. And talk to him about it. And, And isn't it precious how that every time he said, the Lord said, I won't do it for that. I won't do it for that. I won't do it for that. This is not just somebody who learned some faith principles and five steps to this. And ten points on that. This is a personal relationship. Between Abraham and God. Isn't it? And Abraham trusts God. That's faith. And God trusts Abraham. Because he found him faithful. Faithful. And every step now he takes further. Puts him in a place. To take bigger steps. And believe bigger things. And conceive bigger things. We saw where God took him out and showed him the night sky. And said so shall your seed be. Can you count all the stars? How can you conceive that? You can't wrap your head around that. And yet by faith Abraham believed for the whole thing. He just opened up his spirit and said I believe it. And the Bible said that's when that great statement was made. And it was imputed to him for righteousness. So can you see that Abraham's faith is increasing and his spirit and his capacity is enlarging and his trust in God is becoming greater and stronger and God's trusting him and bringing him into his confidence is becoming greater. Can you see this? And this is the walk of faith for you and I. Same thing happens when we continue taking the steps. Now, uh, We saw this in the 21st chapter. I referred to this. It says, The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had spoken. And Sarah conceived, and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born to him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Every one of these phrases are significant. Who bore the son to him? Sarah. There were decades that looked like that could never happen. Hallelujah. Who fathered the child? He's a hundred years old. This is a miracle. Somebody say miracle. Miracle. Something that. People didn't expect to happen. Something that looked like it wasn't going to happen, and then it just went longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. And then people, I'm sure, decided this is never going to happen, and it is happening. Yes. It's happening. Yes. It's happening. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Who fathered the child? Abraham. Who gave birth to the child? Sarah. 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 And Abraham. This is. A life long. Dream and vision. He left his country 25 years ago. About 30 minutes God time. <laughs> and. Uh. You know that the things they went through. I mean, Sarah got snapped up by Pharaoh and also by Abimelech. And, and then there was the strife with the herds. And then there was a, having to go fight and get your kin folks back. And I mean, they've had some journeys, haven't they? They've, they've had some things happen. And you can tell what a deal it was. That's why Sarah was willing to try anything, including Hagar experiment and that's why even at, at 99 years old uh, when God says I'm your exceeding great reward Abraham says yeah but I don't have anybody to leave it to uh, uh, can you see th- this is after 25 years but who fathered this boy Abraham. who gave birth to this boy Sarah yeah. it happened yes. after He endured after they kept believing and wouldn't quit. Year after year, decade after decade, it's happy day. I said, it's happy day. It's Isaac day. It's laughing day. Somebody say, glory to God. Are you cut from the same rock? Are Are you out of the same vein? Don't quit. Don't give up. Yes, Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Laughter. Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, the eight days old, as God commanded him. Why? Because if God tells him to do something, <laughs> he's going to do exactly. <laughs> we, the first time he told him about circumcision, all the men in his house got circumcised the same day. Yeah. Boom. Same day. Same day. <laughs> He don't care what anybody thinks. He's going to do what God tells him. You cut from the same rock. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham? Then Sarah is going to give children suck. Nursing a baby. I've born him a son in his old age. (laughs) Who would have thought? Who would have said? I believe the Spirit of God is saying that tonight. I believe believe there are numerous situations. If you'll stand and not quit and keep believing God, people are going to say the same thing. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And it's going to be Isaac day. It's going to be laughing day. Yes. Laughing day. Laughing day. Yes. Mm-mm. Glory. Glory to God. Now verse 9. Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian which he had born to Abraham mocking. He was ridiculing. Making fun. Of Isaac, and so she went to Abraham and she said, "Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac." And everything was going so good. And the thing was what? Very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. This is his boy. Before Isaac came along, for years now, he's poured his heart and soul into this boy. He's trained and prepared him to take over when he's gone. This is his only blood heir. So, I mean, this, this really put a damper on the party. I mean, he's thinking, no, no way. Very grievous. And God said to Abraham, let it not be grievous in your sight, because of the lad and because of your bondwoman, woman. In all that Sarah has said to you. Hearken to her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So now it's not just Sarah's idea. God said it. Tell me what you know about Abraham. Tell me what you know about him. Was this easy for him to do? Notice what he had to overcome. God said to him, don't let this be grievous in your sight. Don't grieve over this. Yeah, but this is his boy. This is his heart. This is his soul. This is where if people had left home, if people had held on to their faith through the other things and if they had gotten the victory and got the stuff back this is where a lot of people stop taking steps of faith they won't do what God tells them to do about relationships they won't do what God tells them to do about things and people they love and about their heart and about their feelings how many know it's true There are millions of people who would have never done this. This would have been where it stopped. Because this is your boy. And you love him. What's going to happen to him? In this day and age? Mother and, and the boy out on their own? In the desert? It's unlikely they'll even survive. Just naturally speaking. That's why God tells him though. Did God give him a word to stand on? I will make a nation of him because he's your seed. He is your boy. Well, if he's going to make a nation of him, he must be going to live. Right. Now, now, you and I need to develop in this. Did you hear what I just said? Can you make a leap? If God says, I'm going to make a nation of him, what can you assume? He's going to live. He's going to survive. He's going to grow up. He's going to get married. He's going to have a family. He's going to have a life. Come on, are y'all listening? We need to develop in this. God's words are foundations and they are anchors to your soul. And you gotta have it. When these kind of feelings and emotions and fears come to you, you gotta have something strong to hold on to. I've I've used this for myself a number of times. You remember when Paul was in that ship and it was in that hurricane, and uh, finally the Lord, by the angel, told him, "Fear not, Paul. You must." You must come before Caesar. That's all you need to get through a hurricane. Why? What do you know? I can't drown out here because I'm going to preach to Caesar. Is that right? And then when you land on the island and a great big old poisonous snake bites you. What do you know? It's not going to hurt me. I can't die out here because I'm going to preach to Caesar. Is that right? I, I can't. I can't. I can't. We need to think more this way. We need to make the connection. We need to connect the dots quicker in these things. I, I, who was it? Uh, turn of the century was preaching, being filled with the Spirit before other people were. He actually influenced. The individuals in Azusa Street. Brother Parham. Thank you. Brother Parham. He used to get threats on his life. For preaching Acts 2-4. <laughs> people would threaten his life. And his own family people became concerned about him. And they said you know don't go out after dark. And, and don't do this. And let us get people with you. And, and he made a statement. He laughed. And he said, until I've run my course, I'm unkillable. I'm immortal. (laughs) Did he have a revelation of this? When the Lord tells you something, when he shows you something, tells you it's going to happen, you can stand on that through anything and everything between here and there. Right? You can stand on it between here and there. So the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight, but when the Lord told him, don't let it be grievous in your sight, what does that mean? Don't you grieve over this? Don't you labor over this? You put this in my hands? Is this about trust? What's Abraham going to have to do? He's going to have to put them In God's hands. Isn't he? He's going to have to trust. Without him taking care of him. Without him looking after him. That God's going to do what he said. And he's going to sustain him. And he's going to grow up. And God's going to make a nation of him. So what did he do? Verse 14. Are you there? What did he do? He rose up early in the morning. Yes. Do you respect this or not? Does this mean anything to you? He's got a soul just like you. He's got feelings just like you. He cares about his kids just like you. And if you think, oh, I love my kids too much, I'd never do. No, you don't love God enough. You love your kids more than you do God. And that's not good. And that's not good for your kids. Because if you do that, if you love your kids more than anything else and you put them first, you're teaching them to put their self first ahead of God and everybody else, and it will not go well for them. How many believe what Jesus said? He said you can't love father or mother more than me. You can't love son or daughter than more than me. You can't love your own life more than me. If you want to be my disciple, how many believe you got to love God more than anybody? And anything, including your own life, your own desires, your, your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, he's got to be above it. Yes. And if not, when it comes time to make these decisions and take these steps, you'll fail. And you won't. And you won't find out what's on the other side. God is preparing him in this step. He's going to see this again. Do you know what I'm talking about? He just turned loose of a son today. He just put a son in God's hands. Didn't he? Is he going to see this again? Everything God is doing with him is preparing preparing him for what's coming next. And preparing him for what's coming next. And preparing him for what's coming next. And what's happening is his faith is being tested and proven. Now I know that's a term and phrase that some word people, charismatic people think they don't like. But it's a Bible term. And it's, it's very, very important. You see he did exactly. He got up early. He sent them away. It looked like, if you follow the rest of the story, it looked like they were going to die out in the, in the wilderness. But did God keep his word? Did God keep his word? Can you count on God to keep his word with your kids and your grandkids? But do you have enough faith to put him in his hands? And take your hands off. Most don't. Most won't. Which is why they don't see the great miracles. In uh, Timothy. Notice this for me. 1 Timothy 3. We've noticed great truths about faith at every one of these junctures. The more God can trust you. The more he can trust you with. But that goes two ways. The more you'll give to him. And trust him with. The more he can give to you. many remember the scripture talked about. I know in whom I've believed. Yes. And I'm persuaded. That he's able to keep that. Which I've committed to him. It's not just trusting Him, doing what He tells you to do, but also trusting Him with things that are precious to you. And what this does is prove us. In Genesis 22, 22, 22-1, we come to the greatest test that Abraham will ever face in his life. After these things, it says God did tempt Abraham. Mm -hmm. Now that word tempt is King James. How many know James says God cannot be tempted with evil and neither does he tempt any man with evil. So no, God's not tempting Abraham in the sense that we think about temptation. The word is proof test or prove and like I said a lot of people in our circles you you know they want to unhook right now I ah, like this God proving and God testing the Bible's the Bible brother I think one fellow said we like to call ourselves word people he said but I think a more apt term would be favorite word people <laughs> <laughs> but how many believe all the word is good and Whether you understand it or not, it's good and it's right. What does this mean? Prove. God did prove Abraham. This has actually been happening since he left his country. Proving what's being proven. And to what end. And to what purpose. Timothy says, if you're holding your place there, he talked about deacons and he talked about Ministers, anybody remember what he said about him? He said, verse six, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Verse ten, let these also first be what proved proved, proved. then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. This word proven. Is the same word like you would test a metal or you would test a structure, a wooden component or a metal component. How do you test it? You load it. I said, How do you test it? You load it. Heat, pressure, load. You like testing. Yeah, you do. How many want to eat untested food? Feed it to your kids. How many want to live in a house built out of untested materials? Do you? How many want to start across the country in a car completely untested? Some of "What engine it?" I don't know. they just built it yesterday. Never been tried before. How many of them want to fly across an ocean? On an untested airplane. Untested engines. Untested. Untested. Things need to be tested. They need to be proven. And these manufacturers, they're not testing it and proving it so they can destroy it, so that they can prove that it fails. What are they doing? They're testing it so that they can prove that it works so that you can use it. So they can sell a million of them. Well now the enemy wants to prove that you fail. But God's interested in you passing and proving so you can be approved so you can be promoted to greater use. Come on, can you see this? Thing? But this is hard on your flesh. In aviation. As you might imagine, you need to prove stuff before you take off and fly. How many think if your car quits in the driveway, if it has a problem, this is not time to start a cross-country trip, right? Right? And if the engine keeps stalling and stopping, taxiing out to the runway, should you start crossing an ocean with it? Uh, we flew recently on an Airbus 380, the big giant airplane. Mm-hmm. And uh, the takeoff weight on that airplane is about 1.2 million pounds. That's a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And the engines on that thing, four of them, spitting out what? 70,000 pounds of thrust a piece. It's amazing. How many think for you getting a monstrosity like that? And you get over the Pacific Ocean at nighttime, yeah. at 40,000 feet doing 500 miles an hour, yeah. it'd be good to know if it could handle some stress. That's right. That's right. Some stress. That's right. right? What if you hit a few bombs? What? Yeah. You know what they do? They'll, they'll spin those engines up to take off power, and they'll fire dead chickens into them. Wow. <laughs> they'll fire dead birds into the windshield out of air guns. Wow. Why? Why? When do you want to find out? Huh? That it can't take a bird strike. When do you want to find out? (laughs) Or they can just put you on first and say, well, we'll try it out and see. Huh? Show that thing. This is the recent development of the 787 wing. I want you to look at what they did with it. Now that's the fuselage. This is the wing coming out here to the left. They've got all these hydraulics and cables attached to it. Do you see how that thing is curved up? In normal flight, these wings may move seven feet up and down, 11 feet. Look at that wing tip. Right now, they're pushing it to 150 percent of its loaded capacity they're they're bending it up as much as 25 feet can you see that you reckon that's fun for the wing <laughs> it's made out of metal can you see this friends but what's happening Before they put people on, and their babies, before they entrust lives on this, they push it. Sometimes to the breaking point. They pushed it to a hundred percent of what it was supposed to handle. Then they pushed it another fifty percent, stretched that thing twenty-five feet, bending up. And if it stays together, and it's sound. And it flexes right back into position. What do we know? It passed the test. And you can trust it. And it's safe. Mm -hmm. What's been happening with Abraham. Ever since he left home. Come on can you see this thing. What's been happening with him. Has every progressive step. Stretched him. Has every progressive step. Stretched him. Has he had to believe beyond where he's ever believed before? He has. I mean, nobody had ever stolen his wife before. He had to believe God. Cast the care. And he got her back. He had never taken his arm, his trained servants, and fought multiple armies. But he did. And he came back with victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is it good to pass the test? Yes. Is it good to pass the test? Are you gonna get stretched though, doing yes. it? Is it gonna be easy on your flesh and it's not? And on your feelings? It's not. I know the first church we started there in Branson, some of my friends were concerned about me. <laughs> Brother Keith, you got a good ministry. You got plenty of places to go and preach? What do you get in this great big building and all this stuff? You don't even have a congregation. and You never pastored. And, and I'll be honest with you. I'd spent a night or two with a calculator. <laughs> and I could not see how to make it work. I got, we got no congregation yet. And you know, big buildings have big bills. And I just couldn't think of anything I could do to make this work. And some other folks weren't helping me. They were like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? What do you want to do all this for? But you know what I had to do? What would Abraham do? Come on, help me out. What would Abraham do? Once he had heard from the Lord, he'd consider it not. Wouldn't he? He wouldn't even consider it. So being cut out of the same rock, <laughs> the Lord helped me. And I pitched the calculator in the drawer. And I shut the drawer. And somebody said, what if you mess up? I'm a man. I could miss it. I could mess up. But you know what? I'd rather step out doing everything I knew to believe God and fall flat on my face and have to get up and explain to everybody, well, I just missed God, rather than to be too scared to leave the house and let fear rule me. Let timidity and fear rule me. That's no life. I said, that's no life. You and I are children of God. We have the courage of God and the faith of God in us. We can do anything. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But following him, it's going to stretch you. Without hitting your neighbor, put your wings up there. How far you want to fly? How far you want to go? How big a glory load do you want to carry? How big? What are we going to have to do then? We're going to have to stretch these wings. We're going to have to stretch them out. Is that right? We're going to have to reach and Stretch. And God's going to tell us to do things. It's going to stretch you. Not it might stretch you. Not sometimes with some cases it'll stretch you. It's going to stretch you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I want you to see why. We we said what's being proven. Well your faith is being proven. But to what end? James says this. James 1 and 12. It says when people are tempted and still continue strong, this is new century, after they've proved their faith, God will reward them with life forever. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Weist says spiritually prosperous is the man who remains steadfast under trial because after he's met the test and has been approved, he shall receive the crown. Glory to God. Approved of God and qualified for the next thing. Friends, you and I have a very special place in the creation of God. Very, very special. And God is the righteous judge of all the earth. He won't Pervert justice for you, for me. I don't care how much he loves you, he will not distort nor pervert justice for anybody. He is known by his righteous judgments. And all he is perfect in all his ways and righteous and fair. Romans says, quoting Psalm, uh, let God be true and every man a liar, that you may be justified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you are condemned. When who's condemned? God. What does that mean? Who's going to condemn God? People are doing it right now in this world. Shaking the fist going God that's not fair. God that's not right. And there come a time. Apparently when. More and more beings. Try to accuse God. God that's not right. God that's not fair. All of this. Is a part of that. When man fell. Adam and Eve sinned. All the beings that exist in the other realms, heaven, earth, and hell saw it. And they've seen what happened before. There comes judgment always. And that's it. But even the angels spoke up and said, What is man? Did you hear this? What is man that you're mindful of him? That you visit him. That you inspect him. And one said that you care for him. So there's already this kind of undertone of. uh, Now hold on here. How, How do they not just get banished and destroyed. But because of God's plan of redemption. He could justly. Save us and keep us. But in order for that to happen, it had to be demonstrated, proven, not just taught, proven that he had every right to do it. And it comes right back to this man. Abraham. God has no interest in human sacrifice. What's going on? Go to Genesis 22. Let's look at it. It came to pass after these things. After what things? After all the things you and I have been talking about all week. What's been happening ever since Abraham left home? Has he been proven? Has he been tested? And has his faith come right back every time. No matter how you stretched him. No matter how you pushed him. Did he overcome every fear. His own feelings. His own emotions. God just told him to let his son go. And what did he do? I said what did he do? The very next day. Early in the morning. The man gets up. He overcame his own heart. He overcame his own feelings. His own emotions. His own history. And he didn't just do it like, I don't care, whatever happens, happens. The man is in faith. Come on, Carl, y'all listening. He's in faith. God told him what he's going to do for that boy, and that's why he can do it. He's putting him in God's hands, and he's confident that he's not going to die, he's not going to perish, he's going to have a life. Did that stretch him more than other things had stretched him? You know it did. I mean, this is where the wings are bent up. Fifteen feet. And yet it's not the end. (laughs) Is there more to come? It's not the end. I want you to put yourself in Abraham's place. He's a hundred plus years old. He's walked with God. The impossible dream has come to pass. He even sent Ishmael away. And now, he's 100 plus, so how much longer is he going to live? What's he doing? He's getting ready to leave. He's preparing Isaac to take over all his holdings and all his business. And, and especially now that Ishmael's gone, this is his sole heir. And so he's, he's basically thinking his life is done. And he's putting everything he's got into Isaac. For the transition. Can you see this? And then this happens. He said, Abraham, Abraham. Now I want you to hear this phrase. What did Abraham say? Uh, The the literal meaning of this is much simpler. It's like, lo, or or behold. I think basically we'd just say, here. But I can hear more in it than a word. Has this been the man? for the past 25 years that we've read about when God calls his name what what's here I'm here is he ready for anything God might tell him is that easier said than done Abraham he said what I'm here sir yes sir I'm here he said verse 2 Take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Does God know what this boy means to him? Oh, yeah. He knows every bit of it. Whom you love. Get you to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell you of. Can you put yourself in his place? What do you do? Did fears come? You know they did. You just sent Ishmael away. If you kill this boy. Your your life dream. That you finally got to this place now. It's gone. And then what? Now you're older and, and she's older than you've ever been. Are you really going to start over? But did he yield to those fears? Did he think about them? Did he consider them? When he thought about putting his boy on the altar and taking his life with his own hand, do you think any feelings jumped up to him? How are you going to do that? Did any feelings come to him? Fears and feelings. You know they rushed. But why is the man in the book? Why is the man in the book? Because once he's heard from God, he won't consider anything else. He won't even consider it. But don't you believe some of the flimsy stories that people try to portray that he's crying for the next nights and days and he's sobbing and grieving. No, you know what happened? Go to Hold, hold it and go to Hebrews 11. Hold that chapter and go to Hebrews 11. What we were just talking about. Just a few moments ago, has he been here before in in similar situations? He just had to send his boy away. How did he do it? What kind of faith? how, How did he get in faith over it? From what God had told him. Is that right? He remembered what God had said, that he was going to make a nation out of that boy. So instead of sobbing and crying, and I'm losing my boy forever, what did he decide? I can trust God with my boy. Is that right? Well, he hasn't changed since a chapter ago. What's going on with him right now? When God says, Take your boy, your only son that you love, go to the place I'm gonna show you. Offer him a burnt offering. What what's happening? Abraham's already made up his mind. I'm going to do anything God tells me to do. I don't love anybody anything more than I love him. I will do whatever he tells me to do. But he's thinking, why would God tell me this? Why would God tell me this? Why would God tell me this? And then he thought, He realized this. God's already told me. God's already told me that in Isaac my seed will be. He's already told me. And that was when he got to anchor. Hebrews 11:17. it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, is he being tried? Is his faith being tried? You know it is. When he was tried, he offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. You ever heard that term before? Only begotten son. Keep going. Of whom it was said. This. Is what Abraham got a hold of. This is how he got a hold of his soul. That in Isaac. Not just in some son. But in Isaac. Shall your seed be called. Verse 19. Come on. Come on. Come on. And so he did some quick calculations. A county. A county is an accounting term. He did some quick calculations. Dead Isaac? No can be. Seed coming through Isaac. Right? Dead Isaac can't have your seed coming through Isaac. God said seed's coming through Isaac. So what? Ka-ching, ka ka-ching, ka-ching. God's going to have to raise him from the dead. God's going to have to raise him from the dead. I'm about to see a resurrection. Did he really believe God this much? Oh, aren't you in awe of his faith? And guess what? That's right. Cut from the same rock hallelujah cut from the same rock accounting that god was able to raise him up doesn't annoy you when people are trying to make movies about this leave that whole part out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that just messes up the whole story yeah. you don't got that you don't got it amen <laughs> He was not resigned to watching his boy burn and die and that's the end. No sir, no ma'am. He knew what God told him and that it was coming through Isaac. So if he tells him to borrow for him up and, and burnt sacrifice, then he's got to bring him back or else the word of God can't come to pass. So he accounted that God Was able to raise him from the dead if that's what it took. Can you see this? And with that faith and that word in his heart, what did the Bible say? Like always. Go back to 22, verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men, Isaac his son claved the wood for the burnt offering, rose up and went to the place of which God had told him. Keep going. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Yeah. And he saw a place afar off. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkeys. Oh God, I don't know if I can do this or not. No! No. Somebody say no. What did he say? Me and the boy are going up yonder and worshiping and coming. Who's coming? Me and the boy is coming back to you. Me and the boy. Me and the boy. Glory to God. Man, his wings are stretched out there 30 feet. But they're not breaking. I said, they're not breaking. They're not breaking. He keeps holding on. I said, no, no, God said it. He's never failed me. And he never will. And I will do whatever he tells me to do. And if this is what he wants, then this is what's going to happen. Verse 6. Abraham took the wood, the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son, took the fire in his hand, a knife. They went both of them together. Isn't this a picture? Isaac spoke unto Abraham, his father. He said, My father. He said, Here I am, son. He said, Behold, we got the fire and the wood. Where's the lamb? For a burnt offering. This seems strange to him. Verse 8. Abraham said, my son, God will provide. He'll provide himself a lamb. Oh, hallelujah. He'll provide himself a spotless lamb for a burnt offering. So that both of them went up together. Keep reading. They came to the place which God had told him of Abraham built an altar there he laid the wood in order he said Isaac come here he came he said hold out your hands he did he tied him up tied his feet up you know Abraham commanded tremendous respect in his household didn't he boy didn't try to break and run away come on can you see this Because they've seen year after year, he heard from God and he did it and it was God. And it worked. They've seen it year after year after year after year. He picked him up. This is his dream, boy, that he believed for all these decades. The impossible dream that people said couldn't happen. And he laid him on top of the wood, on top of the altar. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife. Is he going to do it? Yes. Yes. You know. Have you been reading about this guy? Yes. Huh? Yes. Is he going to do it? Yes. You know yes. what's about to happen. Yes. No doubts. He raised up his hand. He's fully committed. And as he starts to bring the knife, verse 11, the angel of the Lord Called to him out of heaven and said. Abraham. Abraham. What does he say? (laughs) Here I am means what? What are we going to do now? Because whatever you tell me. That's what I'm going to do. Here I am. He said lay not your hand on the lad. Neither do anything to him. For now I know. Somebody say, now I know. Why now I know? Why now? Some things can't be talked enough. Some things can't be theorized to satisfaction. Come on, do you want them to explain to you, engineeringly, how safe the wing is? Or do you want them to get out there and stretch that thing and prove? Come on, are you all with me or not? Which one you want to ride on? And it's easy to talk about what they will do. And oh, I love the Lord with all my heart. And oh, Lord, I'll do anything you tell me. And until it's demonstrated, faith without works is dead. And that's why the Lord through the angel says, now I know. I want you to know something else. Now everybody knew. Beings in three realms are watching this. Now I know that you fear God seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Because why? What's God got in mind? Why is this even going on? He entered into covenant with this man. How's he going to have the right to give His only Son to redeem a fallen species. Come on, are you listening? Yes, sir. How's that fair? How's that just? When angels are going to get judged and not have redemption. How could beings not rise up in protest in time to come and said, How do you do this for your little precious man? He failed too. Why is he not judged? Oh, but when God's covenant man when god's covenant man would take his only son and he would give him to god and offer him up completely then god can point to it before all the beings in time and eternity and say he did it for me no theory no talk he did it. If he hadn't hollered to him quick enough, it would have, he would have killed him. And he would have had to raise him up basically yeah. from the dead. But the Bible said he did receive him raised up in a figure. And we see, oh, huh. we see what God had had in mind when he called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees. Did he have him headed to this? What did he have him headed to? He had him. He wanted him to take a step. And stretch and learn and grow. And take a step. And stretch and learn and grow. And overcome fears. And overcome feelings. And overcome his own desires. And his own love. Until he got to the place where. He's not afraid of death itself. How are you going to kill your own boy? He has faith now. For resurrection. Yes. It's unquestionable. It's, it's recorded in Hebrews 11. He didn't have it when he left Ur of the Chaldees. He didn't have it when he's believing God to get his wife back. He didn't even have it when he was overcoming these multiple armies. But now he does. He is actively believing for resurrection with no fear of death. And you and I are on exactly the same path. I said, We are exactly the same path. That we are overcoming every fear of loss, every fear of failure, every fear of repercussions, of judgment, of sin. We're overcoming every fear, we're overcoming our own feelings our own desires and what we love and self-love and family love and everything else, learning to put God above it all. And God is raising up a whole group of people in the earth that are absolutely fearless. They have no fear of death. I said they have no fear of death. None. none if you tell them what if you die they go well if the Lord tears is coming just another couple of minutes we're all going to die <laughs> what if you die right now well I step out of my body Hallelujah. and I'm totally free and I go to be with Jesus and soon and very soon he's coming back with the trumpet sound and that body's going to be raised up anyway Hallelujah. come on brother Come on, sister. Do you have in your bosom faith for resurrection right now where you sit? It's the most powerful thing. It's the most amazing thing. It is greater than the grave. It is greater than death. It is greater than sin and then judgment. Come on. Hallelujah. Somebody said out loud, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid of losing things. I'm not afraid of losing. Irrecoverable, loss. irrecoverable loss. I have no fear. I have no fear. No fear, no fear at all. I will do anything. I will do anything. God tells me to do. God tells me to do. I will do anything. I will do anything. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. God's. to Come on, tell me again. I will do anything. Do anything. I will do anything. Do anything. God, tells do. God tells me to do. The only way you can do that is if you're free from fear. And there's nothing you love more than Him and pleasing Him. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. In front of angels. In front of devils. In front of multiple species and beings. In multiple dimensions. God is forever justified. In his faith in us. He told them we were something else. He told them. He told them. That we would go to the end with him, that he could trust us, that we would give him everything. And a man proved it. And then Jesus came and confirmed it. And then the father took his only begotten son and he offered him up and he did die. And he did shed his blood and he did pay the price. And he did go to the heart of the earth and he experienced the judgment. Oh, but as it's written in the book of Hebrews, the Father stood and it roared through heaven into hell and said, This day I have begotten you. And hell shook to the core and the chains fell off. Come on, are y'all listening? And death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. Hallelujah. What Abraham believed for way back there, God brought to pass. Hallelujah. Oh, lift your hands, everybody. Lift your voice. Shout unto God. Give glory. thank you, you Lord praise you Lord praise you Lord now Abraham has a place an exalted place forever and ever throughout the ages close your eyes if you would How much can we trust God with? How much are we willing to give Him? Put in His hands? Turn loose. The more we give Him, the more He'll trust us with. Even a healing. The Bible tells about Peter's mother-in-law taken with a great fever and they asked Jesus to minister to her and the Bible said she was healed and when she raised up immediately she got up and started ministering to them is that good use of a healing there's some folks that need to commit and say Lord I'm giving more of myself to you I'm giving my all to you and as you're able to give him more he'll be able to give you more Say out loud, no reservations. No reservations. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. I, give it all. I give it all. I give it all. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.